All right. Welcome here, everyone. Are we doing okay? You're excited for an annual general meeting? It's like an okay level of enthusiasm. I've got a lot of enthusiasm. I'm trying to simmer it right now. I'm actually more excited than I've ever been for an annual general meeting. And, and maybe it's just because that title brings up like, you know, an, a stuffy old boardroom, some fluorescent lights flickering, some really weak coffee, and just a lot of talking about cyclical things. Maybe we just need a new title for it, right? But here's why I am excited. I'm in a good mood. Actually, I'm just in a good mood, and I'll just tell you about it and brag a bit. But like the past couple weeks have been super life-giving here. They've been so fun. We've got this trajectory of energy and excitement. We're seeing God the whole year um, and plus behind us. Like for, for so long, God has been involved in Cedar Valley. He has been guiding this church to be an impact in our city. And then it's been, we, we had a, a, a stretching year, but an exciting year because we chose to dig in hard and not just sit back and consume a Sunday morning experience, but we said, we want to live out this faith. We want to experience a relationship with the creator God and actually have it impact the people around us and our own lives, right? So we started doing that. And then now we're in this kind of place where I've actually got a coworker and it's been super fun to not just open up the church doors during the week all by myself, somebody to bounce ideas off of, somebody who has different ideas than me, right? I have to learn that. I have to simmer it down a bit. Learn to work with somebody else too. But it's honestly because of all of this too, this excitement, it's because of all of you. I, one of my roles too is like scheduling for everything. We have this huge grid, uh, the, the matrix and planning center. And I was able to schedule like three months out with no gaps because our ministry teams are thriving and alive and well because so many of you have chosen to step up and whether you're serving with prayers, with your support, with generosity, with your time and talents, uh, we've got a thriving, lively community here. So amazing, right? Applaud yourselves for that. That's good. This is fun. But here's why a church annual general meeting, AGM, is really exciting, okay? It's because of what our motivation is, what, what enables us to accomplish and do, and what drives us to do all the things we do. And you know what? And I started writing this out, and I was just going to just gush on all of you, and I was just going to brag about all of you, and it's because of you, and it totally is. But it's not actually because of that, okay? It's, it's because of God. All of this stuff we do, this, this church, our community here, the impact, the outreach, everything we do happens because, not because we're an organization with a cause, not because we have political goals, it's not because we are passionate about a one specific, we just want to do stuff with our hands or whatever, right? It's not a hobby. It's, it's because we're a community of people who follow Jesus, who love God, a God who created everything and who has blessed us abundantly, who pours out love to us, who, who does everything and has done everything, including an ultimate sacrifice to reconcile us to him and to create this opportunity to have a relationship with the creator God, right? How wild is that? Amen? That's what we have. And we can't help but reflect and pour back that same kind of love and impact to all the people who God loves, which is everyone and in our city here in Mission. So that's, that's what we do, that's our motivator. I remember having a conversation with somebody, uh, part of a, uh, another nonprofit here in Mission, and it's like, we're so alike, right? Like, you've got that faith thing, but we just love people, that's why we do it. And I said, 
That's true, but why you do it misses the same point of why, why I'm doing it is because I believe in a God who interacts with us and who has honestly just given us this full guiding vision of how humanity should be. So we serve in the kingdom and we get to be part of this community called church, the bride of Christ. And we get to celebrate together and grow together and we hurt together, we support each other, we love each other all together and we take that time and energy to impact our city and to be a representation of God. Amen? It's a good thing. That's why this is actually a really exciting morning. So I just want to let you know what we're doing this morning. We got a few things coming on here. So we're going to spend some time just reflecting on how God has been involved in the past year, um, the opportunities he's given us, how he's called us as a church to specifically live out our mission and vision and represent God to mission. We'll share some stories and some highlights, some ministry updates. Yes, I know. Thank you for the notes back there. There's people waving. I understand. It's in my notes. Not yet. There's a lot of crazy dancing happening, and it was okay. We're just talking all about what's happening here. So we got some amazing stories, some ministry highlights. I also want to let you know that we have a full uh, AGM report book. So it's got uh, from all of our ministry leaders, and we maybe have even missed some, but just updates about what's going on in our church, what's coming on up ahead, how you can be involved, how you can support. We have a few printed copies, but it's also available online, right? Save some trees. So it's just cedarvalley.ca. On our home screen, there's a button. Click on it. Get the PDF. Read along during the service today. You'll get more insight. Uh, For some of the more specific details, we have more printed copies that just involve things like our budget because what we're also going to be doing is taking a break for lunch. We got lunch provided for us. It's going to be great. And then we're going to come back together, have some discussions, uh, make some decisions that will help guide us for the year coming up ahead. So it's going to be super important. The first thing we're going to do is start off with kids. Uh, I know you want to be up here. It's going to be super exciting, but we have something just as exciting and equally fun with your teachers. If you want to head on to the back, we have a service designed just for you. You can head on to the back corner over there. Make sure you're signed in. Parents, if they don't have a name tag on them, just find someone wearing a lanyard in the lobby. We'd love to help you get in there, and they just got a service designed just for them. Uh, We'll get them back up for lunch. So, as they're doing that, I've just got a question for you. I have actually a couple little quiz pieces. I've got some slogan examples, and I wonder how quickly you could pick up on them. But uh, here's a corporate slogan that might, you might recognize a bit. Uh, eat fresh. There we go. Subway, right? Slogans are important. They, they help... They help identify stuff. Eat fresh. It was like two words that helped identify a fast food chain that was providing something that was more vegetable-based in a world of grease. Created an entire paradigm shift, and now we've got like freshy where you can get like fast food salads and pay way too much for lettuce, although it's kind of caught up to the price of grocery store stuff. Uh, How about this one? Maybe a bit more obscure, but a diamond is forever. Yeah. And created and shaped an entire industry and cultural norm, right? You get a diamond ring and that's the, the best thing. You, you don't really love your spouse unless you spend, what's it, six months salary? Good grief. Six months pastor salary is a bit more attainable. <laughs> How about this, just do it? Yeah. This exciting, high energy, impulsive, right? That's why they're selling so much stuff. Just do it. Just buy these awesome shoes. Slogans are important because here's the thing. Slogans give simple clarity 
and yet a powerful definition to a culture-shaping statement or truth, kind of about an organization or about a movement or about a brand or whatever it is. And it's helpful to just kind of keep the entire organization rooted on and focused on what the goal is, what's the primary purpose, because you can get so caught up in all the stuff and the baggage and the muck and mire, and then you have a simple little truth and slogan. And Jesus was famous for these kind of things throughout his ministry. He had so many things like this. He, uh, the greatest commandment, right? What's that? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Not all your strength. That's actually, we added that on. It sounds nice. It's fun. It wasn't in the original translations, but it's there too. It's easy, right? And then what's the second commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Huge, right? Like simple, focused. He could have gone on through the whole Torah. Jesus could have recited it. And he's like, no, here's the simple truth. If you want to know what I designed you for, right? What about uh, peacemaking? Uh, Jesus' idea on peacemaking. Love your... Oh, I got a whole bunch, right? Just love everyone. It's true. Love your enemies, right? Though that came from Jesus. And it was a bizarre statement in a world that was like, enemies were not somebody to love. They were somebody to destroy or at least remove from your life completely. And Jesus is like, no, let me tell you about grace with three words, love your enemies. Massive. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Simple truths. Okay. I wonder then what if I was to say Cedar Valley Church's slogan? What's our slogan? We know it. This is a good test. I heard a bunch of people. I think there's some of it there. Following Jesus, loving others, inviting other, loving people, inviting others to do the same. There we go. Following Jesus, loving people, inviting others to do the same. It's simple, right? But even that first piece, following Jesus, what, what's the church about? You could say, well, you've got to wear pants that go at least down to the wherever you go. And, you know, today's flannel day. I guess there's like eight of us wearing flannel. Um, that's not the point, actually. What's Cedar Valley Church about? What, what do you guys do? We're following Jesus. It roots you. It keeps you focused. And so then here's the thing that we have as a church, as an organization. We've got a mission statement, a vision statement, value statements, all these things. I just want to walk you through a little bit of what that means to us, why we are rooted in them, what it is so important. Because one of the last things Jesus said to his disciples as kind of the the sending, he says, this is your focus. Make your life about this now. And he gave them what's called the Great Commission. And he told his disciples, Jesus said, go into all the world, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have taught you or commanded you. So what now has happened too, we've got 2,000 years later, churches have taken that, that heart, that truth, found just a simple way to say that, to create that, that we can just guide all of our goals. That is what should be our guiding principle. Many churches just quote it straight out of there, Matthew chapter 26. We've called that following Jesus, loving people, inviting others to do the same. Then we have this thing, the vision statement. Does anyone know that, I wonder? Hint, it's in the report books. You can get it from the tables in the back. I I won't be offended. You can get up and there's a whole bunch printed too. Don't make the trees die for nothing. Mission statement, beautiful. Churches should abide by that. All Christians should be united underneath that. Our language, the church down the road's language, whatever it is, the mission statement should be focused on following Jesus, loving people, inviting others to do the same. Vision statement is how we believe our specific 
call Cedar Valley Church, how we can live that mission statement out in our setting, with our skills, with our unique abilities, with our resources. What is God calling Cedar Valley Church to specifically do? What do we, what is our vision for our community around us, our impact, right? So this is what it is. I'll, I'll just read it out. So simple. I should have put it on the screen. We got, our vision is that people, the people of mission would know see and feel our passionate love for Jesus as we offer our church campus up as a versatile, affordable, faith-based community center open to the city. See, it's interesting. It has a bit of a specific piece. We could have just kept it that people know that we love Jesus. Totally. Right? But then what's the unique thing that we can actually offer? And one of the things we found was God continually sending people to this campus. And we know that there's a lot of love and passion for this campus. And we're not worshiping it, so we're saying, Let's take that lesson of generosity that we learned over the last couple of weeks and offer it back up. And God, here's the blessing. And how can we now use that to bring your love and your impact and your mercy and grace into people's lives and mission? That's our specific focus. So what I want to do this morning, I'm just going to start things off. I want to walk us through our value statements we have as a church. And what they are is tailored to be questions, things that we can ask ourselves. How are we advancing in our relationship with Jesus? How are we growing as disciples? How are we living out the mission and the vision of Cedar Valley Church? Starting off in 2023, we did a bit of a study into what does it mean to be a church? And we took a look at a few basic words. I wonder, does anybody remember the Greek lessons? I learned two Greek words. We got ecclesia. And koinonia, yeah, two Greek words, it's good. Don't quote me on it, I'm not a Greek professor, that's all I know about Greek. But it's this idea that church is not just an organization, church is not just a movement, church is a gathering of people, literally it's multiple people coming together, and then for a purpose, a specific purpose of fellowship, of deep connection and intimacy, this community, right? And so in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul he who was planting churches and creating churches and helping churches understand how to just be together and thrive, he wrote this, and I think this perfectly summarizes what that looks like. So Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are already doing. We ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. We urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, but encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other. And then here's the last part out of simple encouragements and challenges. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Bottom line, that's it, that's flat. So this is a morning of celebration. And what we want to do is take a look at how we've been attempting to live that out, where we can grow together. And then we're going to highlight a few of our focus ministry pieces. But here's the big piece. So as, I, as we go through these value statements, we've got six value statements. Ask yourself these questions too. Where have you been living these values out in your life? Where can you live them out more? But our first value statement is belonging. The question is, how am I welcoming people into belonging? What it means is how am I welcoming people into a community where they have an identity and a purpose and a place and not just attendance? Doesn't that resonate resonate with that verse that we just read? Exactly, if there's a holistic picture of what a community of belonging is, is perfect. And, And because I think our city, 
us as a people, we need this more than ever now. We had this pandemic era where we were told to and we were being safe for people, so we isolated, we kept into small bubbles, and we limited that community hugely. We had some tools to help us, but then Satan took that and he kept us fearful of other people and he kept us comfortable away from other people and in fact convinced us that we don't need it. And it's so damaging. And one of the things we realize quickly is that our church must be a place that starts to retrain and teach our culture what a community of belonging looks like. And what that means is it's a place that has to go beyond being friendly and smiling. It has to be a place that goes beyond that, but actually puts in the work and the initiative into bringing people in. And that even means stepping outside of just waiting for people to come to you, but actually getting into our city and our community and making ourselves known so we can represent that kind of community. And so this past year, we got the chance to do a few just, these are just a few highlights, right? If I, miss, if I miss your favorite thing, don't hit me on that. I was writing this really quick. But some of the great things we had, we, we had the opportunity to write, uh, run this amazing Canada Day booth, activity booth at the fair, one of the most fun there, actually, I was told, because we were shooting arrows at each other, mostly little kids blasting arrows with big foam tips. It's okay, it wasn't violent, it was fun. Uh, we had the chance to head out to Griner Hill a couple of times, hundreds of kids tobogganing, here's some hot chocolate, let's get to know each other, let's get to know our neighbors. Halloween, we got out into the cities, we had five booths at p uh, different people's houses all around the city, handing out hot chocolate, making the experience more connecting, saying, if you're coming to my door to knock for candy, I want to get to know you, what's your name, how's it going? meeting people for the first time, it's amazing. These are just a few of the friendly things we've done where we're attempting to go above and beyond. But then even here on our Sunday services, I do have to ask this, because we've been growing in our gatherings of worship and the volume's been getting better and joyful on Sundays. And I wonder, I've gotta ask, how many of you have connected with someone new at our worship services over the past year and learned a new name or made a connection? Oh, some hands, awesome, perfect. Not meaning to single anyone out here, just wanting to throw that on us. Are we always living this out? The second value is unity. How am I valuing relationships above my opinion? This might be the most countercultural idea in our world right now because opinions are everything, right? Opinions are everything. Like, you can't even create a social media profile without outlining your whole opinions, and then the algorithm knows your opinions, so then it fuels your opinions with more confirmation bias, and everywhere you go, right? Like, you can't even shake someone's hand without making assumptions of like, oh, well, what's their understanding now, but did they sanitize their hands? Do they vote for this party? I wonder what their feelings are on Trudeau, right? Like, everything is opinions now. But the model of Jesus was actually saying people matter, relationships are necessary, community is mandatory. So how do you value relationships over opinions that might get in the way? Because the devil says, use those things to isolate who you can have relationships with and who you shouldn't, just based on opinions. The gospel says God loves everybody, so you go out into some of the world, all the world, to make disciples. So with that too, one of our intentionalities was our gatherings here at church. We wanted to make them places where we made relationships go a little bit deeper. A few of the tactics we started to try to practice, we strategized these things, was once a month, you may have noticed, we tried to make a little bit of things that almost, tra not trapped is the wrong word, but whether it was snacks, 
food. We did a lot of food because nothing's better about creating relationships than food, right? After the church services, opportunities to create some interaction, to get together, to be involved, to enter into each other's lives a little bit more. We started doing that a little bit more regularly. And then we also had this amazing retreat. We're gonna, this happens annually up at Camp Squia. It was so amazing to be at Camp Squia last year again, hey, after a few years, with this specific focus on slowing down and cutting out all of the noise and learning to ruthlessly eliminate hurry. A little bit of a plug for the sermon series we did. Just transforming our lives to realize there is so much stuff in the world that will drive us away from relationship, but the gospel is calling us to move towards real relationships. Second, or the third one now, is generosity. How am I using what God gave me to bless others? And this is a generous church. I've gotta say, Cedar Valley, you are a generous church. It is amazing the things we can accomplish and beyond just giving for the sake of ticking off a box, we started to dive into what it means to be giving for the sake of heart change and the motivation of where that comes from and why we want to change. And two specific things I want to focus on amongst all the generosity that we live out in our lives. Uh, One very fun Sunday came up almost as a last-minute opportunity was the Buckets of Thanks fundraiser where we supported MCC by creating 75, and these are like nice relief buckets that go to support an entire family of four to 10 people in areas of conflict and disaster. We made 75 of those, assembled them on a Sunday morning, and raised over $1,000 in additional support for that project. Give yourselves a hand for that. Super good. Super cool to be part of that. Another opportunity we had was where our local elementary school, we were able to build a relationship there, and they let us know of families who just needed support. Kids who literally might not have any food in the closet when they're getting home. These are great kids in grade four, five, six, making their own craft dinner if they have the supplies to do that. They gave us the opportunity to create Christmas care packs. We made over a dozen Christmas care packs to bless families, including gifts that were transformational, and the teachers were in tears knowing the impact that had in their lives. It was absolutely amazing that we had. And this doesn't even include the individual stories of generosity that you've been practicing out in your own life. So this is an amazing thing that has to continue to be a huge priority, and that's why it's in our list of values that identifies us as a church. Generosity. Fourth, authentic living. How am I living a Christ-centered life with others? A core truth of this value is not that we live Christ-centered lives alone and in the dark, in the closet by ourselves, but with other people. And a large part of the vision of Cedar Valley is to offer our campus up as a blessing to the community to model Jesus. And one of the things that we're trying to do with that is to actually bring the relationship we have, the, the genuine understanding we have of God's design for our life and that relationship to the world. This is an evangelistic push. This is a talk of saying that it's not just enough that we know who Jesus is. We want other people to know who Jesus is. And if that's not a motivation, there's something we need to check in on there. But one of the core things we've found as a way to do that and to build these relationships is through campus rentals. So just a few stats to motivate you, get you excited. This past year, we had 57 different unique rental events. 
20 of those being regular, ongoing rental groups, things like support groups, Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, there is a self-advocacy association, Bible studies, worship nights, family events, memorials, weddings, fundraisers, community events, kid camps, nonprofit board meetings, other partner churches worshiping God. This is a lively campus that literally has on any given week over 500 different people walking through the campus doors incredible opportunity for people to get to know and see and feel Jesus through you. And we're just starting to build up an, uh, a bit of a rental hosting liaison team. But this is an area I think we can grow because this is an area I get to be involved in and blessed in constantly. But I think a lot of you miss out on the energy and the beauty in meeting people here. So this is something I want to invite you into, is entering into what's core and close to the vision statement of Cedar Valley and entering into the people who are blessed by the facilities here and into their lives, their celebrations, their parties. Fifth, Bible-focused teaching. How am I digging into the Bible to know and follow Jesus? Uh, it's no secret that uh, we started last year by doing a study into Galatians, and it took most of the year, and technically we haven't finished moving through it verse by verse, word by word, expositorily, seeing the scriptures, but we wanted to dive into it. My priority as a speaker here primarily is to start rooted in the scriptures to help us understand better and better God's design throughout the entire biblical narrative. And we are starting to build up some more Bible studies. On Tuesday mornings, we've got a Bible study. Tuesday evenings, Bible study. There is one on Sunday and Monday now. Groups of us coming together to dive into the Bible more and more, to let it speak to us, to understand it. And this is a document, um, this is a tablet actually, but the Bible, thousands and thousands of years of collected text translated through different cultures and languages that we trust to be the reliable truth of God's presence and presentation to us, the words of God. And it can be complex to understand sometimes at face value but it still impacts our lives, and so it takes the time to understand it and study it. Okay, and then lastly, transformation. And this is a key. Ask yourself, how has God changed me in the last year? So often we plateau and we get to a point where we think, I'm, I'm Christian enough. And that's, that's probably one of the worst traps that you can get into. C.S. Lewis writes in The Pilgrim's Regress too that you get to this plateau where you think you're fine and every moment you think you're fine, you're moving fast away from God. God transforms us. Because he, here's the whole goal. If you want to know the secret to life, uh, Jesus tells us, or the Apostle Paul tells us from the words of Jesus that the, God's goal for your life is to be conformed to the likeness of his son, to start looking like Jesus. Who here thinks they've hit that? We've got a ways to go. So we should be changing constantly every year. How are we growing? And we get to hear testimonies and stories occasionally, but one of the big priorities and one of the things I'm so excited about with having Pastor Michael on board with us here too is focusing on bringing out some of these stories of transformation from our church community here, sharing those things, and especially in small community groups. That is where transformation is going to take place. That is where stories of transformation are going to be shared. That is where growth is going to be felt hugely. But ask yourself, how has God changed me in the last year? And I want to hear some of those stories too. Don't leave me in the dark on that. So this whole past year, Cedar Valley Church, I just have to say thank you from me as well. This past year has stretched me I did not expect I would be preaching 
five, four out of five Sundays for an entire year. Uh, it has challenged me. It has also been a blessing to me and my family. I hope it's been a blessing to you, the growth, God's impact here. And I am so excited to see God at work in Cedar Valley Church. So just for some of the highlights now, we're going to do really exciting. So first one, and this is exciting. I want to invite Steve up. We're going to take a quick look at our maintenance team, just some updates, because if we are taking this facility as a, offering up as a blessing, keeping it running is part of that work. So Steve, um, you'll need a mic. Well, Grant asked me to share it in a story form. Well, the other day when I went to uh, Dr. Seuss's storytelling school and I went to graduate, he failed me. So I don't know about this. Anyways, yeah, we're part of the maintenance team. We've got a super, super group of guys. And um, so it, just picture with me this building. This building is 40 years old. We've done a ton of work on it. Um, the other building there, the, the education wing, is 60. Um, and, and just last year, we had a new group move in, so it meant a little bit of modification to make it all work. And uh, that building over there is 70. So, yeah, it's, there's, there's lots of stuff to keep up to. And um, we're working hard at trying to keep ourselves relevant to the community, to make it a to make it a a campus that people can be wanting to come to, not only our church family, but certainly our uh, community as well. So there was a, a number of things. Our our bill for last year was about forty grand. Um, things that needed to be done and things that the fire code got after us for. Um, so, but I would just like to give a special round to all the guys that come out. And, and, I'm, and I'm hopefully not going to miss a name or two, but uh, I'm going to get them to stand. And I know some of them are not going to like me for that, but nevertheless. So Brian Unger, my brother, comes out. We, we come out on Thursday mornings from 9 to noon, and that's kind of a constant. Um, and then Vic Dirksen. Come on, Vic. Up, 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 up. Uh, Rick Medley, he's over there. Uh, Tom Miller, he's in the back helping. And my brother Rob Unger. And so thanks very much, you guys, very much. There's a lot of things that are done here that are not, uh, that you wouldn't pick out right away, but uh, certainly they get done and there's, there's very often a lot to that. Uh, we often call upon guys like Hank Newfeld to give us a, a, a bit of a rundown of the past history of the electrical in this building. Andy Drokel as well. Tom Minnis helps us periodically with um, woodworking projects. Mark Dirksen is definitely, he's our, he's our resident painter. Um, and um, Pete Enns as well. They've all turned up when we wanted them and we really appreciate their expertise and all their, uh, their wisdom as to what goes on around here. All of these, thanks. And later on, we'll talk a little bit about what's planned for next year. Thanks very much. Thanks so much, Steve. 
And yeah, it, there's many people come out. Uh, even to that, I got to say, being one of the only churches I was able to open up for Christmas Eve was due in part to chipping ice for hours from a lot of these guys and many of you as well. So a huge amount. The maintenance is one of those funny things where if everything's going well, you almost have no clue, right? Because stuff isn't falling and their things aren't creaking and there's no more mushrooms growing in the old building. So things like that are necessary. They happen. They're fantastic. Next up, I just want to invite up uh, Liz just to share a little bit about one of the things that's huge and core to us that we will never leave behind as a priority is our next-gen ministries, nursery, kids, youth. And Liz has been heavily involved in the nursery, just starting to get involved in the youth. So just to share some of your heart and thoughts on it. Good morning, everyone. Um, Just a little while ago, I had attended the Freedom Session. And during that session, I was approached and encouraged by Carol Unger to see where I could help out in the church. So I said the only thing I'd done before was nursery. So I went ahead and contacted Grant, and I did the course, and I've been extremely enjoying my time at nursery, watching the little ones interact and how they interact with me has been a huge blessing in my life and has helped heal my heart in a lot of ways because I lost all my babies. So spending time with them is huge for me. Um, I also felt called to see what youth night was all about. Well, that's the first time I've ever been involved in toilet papering a church. But (laughs) it was a lot of fun and watching the kids and how much energy they have and how excited they were. It was just amazing. And I can't say enough about it. I think that more should come out and watch the energy. It is just amazing. And I'm very thankful especially to Carol Unger. Thank you. Thank you so much, Liz. That's amazing. And I I do just have to say, yeah, so we did toilet paper the church. Um, We did clean it up. One of the biggest things about kids' ministry, it can be so daunting because, yeah, like I I can't shoot a Nerf gun, nor do I maybe even want to or whatever it is. I I don't want to run around or I, I don't know how to interact. I'm not cool enough. None of those factors actually matter when it comes to impacting a child or a teenager's life or a toddler's life. There's a single factor, and this has like been studied, psychology through statistics, is committed presence. The best thing you can offer a child or a teenager is commitment and presence, um, constantness. And there is also a study as well for raising, like there is a dramatic increase and in change in a teenagers developing into thriving adults that are confident, that are self-aware, that are growing, that are able to learn well, uh, emotionally controlled. And it is if there is four intentional adults in their lives pouring into them, four adults per child, that can happen too. And you could be a huge part of that. Thanks so much, Liz. Uh, I want to invite Carol up. Because Carol has been present in the office throughout the year, uh, helping me deal with mail and paperwork, which I hated doing. This has been very helpful. But then that's also really got you interacting with a lot of our facility stuff and just organizing all the small pieces around behind the scenes. So thank you. Yeah, I, my, when, when Grant asked me to share, and it was about the, the rental aspect of stuff, but 
that's just the part of it. Like the paperwork is the, the boring part of it. It's when you actually get to meet the people. And it seems that lately, I've managed to be in the office on the days when people are calling about funeral rentals. And I don't know, you, you have people that are totally non-church people coming through the doors, wanting to look at the facility to see if they can have a service for their loved one. What they're looking for at that point is for somebody to listen to them and actually like really hear their heart. And which isn't always easy, but I feel like maybe that's one of the areas God has called me to is to be that listening ear to a hurting family who is coming to have a celebration of life for their family here. But but that's not the only part. I love it when the mail comes and it's for like the mission literacy or the preschool because then I get to hand deliver and check in with them saying like, how are things going? And it's, it's really good to make that, that social connection with some of the rental groups that we have in the church. The other part of, which isn't quite rental part, but it's the connections end of things that I, I love. And it's when, like when we've had our little food snacky things there and I get to call on different people from here to say, hey, can you bring some baking or do something? And I love it. And I love the response of everyone that is so willing to, yeah, sure, I'll bake cookies and stuff. And it's, it is such a gift to be able to spend time here each week. And, and thank you for that gift. And uh, Justin, as the chair of our leadership team. Well, thanks, Grant. Um, yeah, I, I'm here to talk or speak on behalf of the leadership team. And I just want to start with a story. It's a youth story, so it's already 25 years old. That's weird. I turned 40 last week, so I can finally, you know, live up my hair, I guess. Um, so down, we used to play like high, like hide and seek, I guess, but capture the flag, but the building was pitch black. And there was always somebody chasing around, trying to find us meandering folks that are hiding from this chasing individual. And um, you get used to the dark. I've always been afraid of the dark, and this building in the dark can be a little eerie. So, but there was a moment where I was downstairs in the, in the building, and we were kind of very unsure what was going on, and the person who was it turned on the lights. And it's been dark for, I don't know, 45 minutes. And that light, blazing light, kind of shocks you. And then the worst thing they could have done is, all they did was they spot who they were going to harvest or chase, and then they shut the lights off again. And so what do I do? I connected. I saw the person. Oh, they're coming for me. The lights go out, and you blindly turn and sprint. And if you've been downstairs, there's like eight or nine columns downstairs throughout the building. And I was full sprint and I went head first into one of those columns. And everyone heard the knock, clud, thud. And I'm like, we should probably turn on the lights. And you know, I'm laying on my back with a huge goose egg forming on my forehead. And I was just relating to that this morning about the terror of darkness and how terrifying this last couple of years has been for me is like exceptional, uh, exceptionally hard to step out in faith into the unknown, into this blinding darkness. And um, 
how it really is just when you have, when you lean into your Savior, your, you lean into Scripture, you lean into what He has in store for us. If there's someone guiding you, if you're, if you're close, enriched by Scripture, you have someone holding you and guiding you through that darkness. Um, who's been a little, can relate to that fear this last couple of years of what, you know, the unknown looks like? I know I have. Now flip, I have been so encouraged to be just enriched by you and your encouragement, your passion for being involved and your desire to, and willingness to step into the unknown with us. Um, I speak for myself mostly, but I think for the leadership team as well that we have not always fulfilled our role to its full potential. And I think uh, your grace and understanding in that has been much appreciated. Your prayers and your encouragement as well. Potential is an interesting word. I think this next season, I have a great longing to be in a season of growth. That's a tricky word. I think uh, Michael and I were speaking about this on Thursday night. What does growth mean? It means to build, to go through a season of, of preparing and nurturing. But how do we define growth? The health of this church is not determined by the number of people that sit here on Sunday. Whether there's 80 people, 20 people, 1,000 people, that does not dictate the health of our community. The health of our church is determined by how heavily we lean in to Jesus and encourage others to do the same. I want to be in a season of growth with you. I want to stand next to you. I know our leadership team does as well. We are not gifted in every way to accommodate all the things that maybe our bylaws dictate us to do. <laughs> but we, uh, we're also asking for your help along the way. So if you have a person in your, that you're sitting next to that you feel is gifted in something that maybe we've fallen short, they're most likely required on the team. So I encourage you to prompt them to uh, maybe inquire about helping us uh, enrich our team. And as a congregation, I want to share this verse with you I found in Psalms. Psalm 65, verse 9 through 11. You visit the earth and water it abundantly, enriching it greatly. God's stream is filled with water for you for you prepare the earth in this way, providing people with grain. You soften it with showers and bless its growth, soaking its furrows and leveling its ridges. You crown the year with your goodness. Your carts overflow with plenty. Um, the, there's just so much in that verse, but 
even, even you soften it with showers, soften our, our hard edges, soaking its furrows, filling up the, our deficiencies and softing and, uh, and leveling our ridges, taking off the sharp corners. That is, my, that is my prayer, and I pray a blessing over this church in that way, that we can receive the Holy Spirit's blessing and have that Holy Spirit overflow into our community. So I'm going to invite Gail up here to just carry on this sentiment. Um, and yeah, just thank you so much for, for being here this morning. And I am speaking also on behalf of the leadership team. Uh, there are so many opportunities within this church body to serve and bless others. It is in the local church community where spiritual and personal giftings are being discerned, formed, utilized to build up the body of Christ. Today we want to acknowledge and celebrate all of you who have stepped up and selflessly served here. So we've already had a, a little word from the maintenance team. Thank you. You, you come faithfully. You actually enjoy what you do. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of fun, too. Um, child care, and Liz already shared. The nursery, there always needs to be at least two up there and then downstairs again. We need people to serve, and you are stepping up. Thank you. And uh, Carol, as well. She's already stepped out because not only does she handle the um, office paperwork and greeting of the uh, rentals, she's the one that makes sure there's food back there for us over and over again. So we need to thank um, Carol for that. First impressions, I think they're also back there working. Um, set up the coffee every Sunday, information desk, the greeters, and the library all present their roles with a smile on their face. So anybody who walks in here um, is greeted with a warm, kind smile. Sound booth, cameras, all the behind the, the work or the stuff that we don't see. They come early, they leave late. Thank you, we really appreciate you. And uh, let's not forget our teams that come up here and lead us in worship. There too, lots of preparation, lots of prayer, lots of good and, and bad, but like it's not an easy job, but they desire to serve. And lastly, we just want to um, thank Cheryl Dick. She is um, going to step down as our, on the executive team as our, um, what do you call it, our recording secretary. I mean, she's offered so much more, but um, her role ends after today's meeting. So thank you, Cheryl. You've been faithful in service. So I just want to, uh, to stop and uh, let's bow our heads and let's just thank God for this church. Lord God, this is your church. And we are so grateful when you tap on someone's shoulder that they respond and say, yes, I will serve among these people. Lord God, bless them, and may we honor you in all we do and say. Amen.